Welcome to Daily Conference for Entrepreneurs. In this episode, you will discover why traditional marketing and selling is dead, the five keys that almost all successful companies have in place, how to use direct response branding to build trust and respect while getting a steady flow of clients on a daily basis, and you will watch yours truly get exposed and coached by my friend Dan Kishal. My guest, uh, my dear guest today is Dan Kishal. Welcome, Dan. It's awesome to be here, Mustafa. Thank you. Great to see you, brother. Uh, so as usual, if you're watching or listening later, please make sure you like and subscribe to the show. This is going to be a very uh, interesting conversation. Dan has well over 30 years of experience in business and marketing and branding, so you do not want to miss this. And if you know other business owners who could benefit from uh, learning a few pieces, uh, critical pieces about marketing, branding, and selling, tag them in a comment below and or send them the link and share this pure wisdom with them so they could, you know, take advantage of that. So let me do the proper introduction to my friend, Dan, and we're going to dive into a very interesting conversation, and I'm really looking forward to this. So Dan Kishal is a husband, a dad, serial entrepreneur, angel investor, football coach, and the founder and chairman of Breakthrough 3X. He helps business owners like you get more clients and grow three to 10 times with less stress. So you can have a bigger impact, reach, and contribution with many of his clients exiting the day-to-day -day selling or setting the stage to go public. With over 30 years of experience, 30 years of business experience, he has started 13 plus companies, coached over 5,000 business owners from over 180 niche industries, 11 countries, and been a secret weapon for clients and partners like the founder of ESPN, Joe Polish, Dan Graciosi, Janet Atwood, Chris Atwood, Genius Network, Jan Daniel Marcos, Vern Harnish, and more. Welcome, Dan. Thank you, Mustafa. Great to see you. Where about are you? I'm in Phoenix, or on the west side of Phoenix. Yeah, it's a little hot out here at this time of year. Oh, yeah. Do, do you guys uh, golf in summer, too, there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, You get, if you're going to go golf, the best time, though, is to go early, early, early morning, like 4 o'clock, uh, 4.30, you know, sun up. <laughs> you guys do, like, late in, later in the evening as well? Like past uh, seven, you do it later in the evening also, but it's still a little hot uh, here, the way the, the, the temperatures roll. Fantastic. So let's dive into this. Dan, what is your story? Oh, my story. Well, you know, Mustafa, have you ever lost everything? Yes. Many of us have, right? So, yes. you, know, uh, you know, as a kid, you know, I grew up in the inner city of Detroit. And when I say inner city of Detroit, that, that's really the inner city. It was kind of a rough neighborhood where we grew up and my dad worked for a big large auto manufacturer and i watched him essentially lose everything by working for this big company you know we were on welfare numerous times because he would get the rug pulled out from him be laid off for temporary and or semi-permanent times you know year and a half two years and you know there's nothing worse than losing electricity losing gas or both at the same time when you're like eight, nine years old. And so I watched this happen. And then, you know, I watched my dad who also didn't wanna sit back and rely on 
someone else. He wanted to control what he could control. So he, I watched my dad start a business. He started a restaurant bar and that was starting to go. And then some things happened and he lost it. And our family claimed bankruptcy. We lost everything again. He regrouped a little bit. Then a couple of years later, I was uh, 13 years old. My dad started a, a printing business and I was older. And so my dad would take me into you know, his printing company and it, you know, it was in a suburb of Detroit. And so we were really proud. And you know, so I watched how my dad worked and I noticed a few things. My dad struggled to get a steady flow of clients every day. My dad struggled to run a business. You know, he had a salesperson named Jeannie. I won't mention her last name, but Jeannie was really good at pulling the wool over my dad's eyes that she, he allowed her to give everybody credit to do uh -huh. deals and would pay her on non-collected sales. Uh -huh. And I watched my nice guy dad go through what a lot of people go through and we lost everything again. So my dream as a kid, I thought the way the answer initially uh, Mustafa was going to be playing baseball, playing pro baseball. That was my dream as a kid. I wanted to take care of my family, get him out of this situation. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out. And then I got introduced to direct response marketing all the way back in the late 1980s. Thank goodness for my sister. While I was playing college baseball in the summers, I needed a job. So I was going to school, but I needed to work. I needed to make some money. And I got a job in this direct response marketing company, I learned about direct mail and I learned about TV. I learned about radio buys, media buys, all this stuff. It was so fascinating. And it was so fascinating to me that became like my PhD. Um, after my senior year of college, I started my very first company in 1992 and launched our version of the business. And we got off to a very fast start. And, you know, we generated over a million or so dollars in a few months. It was unbelievable. I was 22 years old. So imagine that you have this big up, uprising. Unfortunately, I also learned that we were good at marketing. We were good at getting clients. This guy right here was not so good, Mustafa, at running a business. So my friend and business partner decided he liked our bank account a little bit more and he emptied the account, vanished, and I had to start all over and regroup. Wow. Now, fast forward to today, it's been, you know, over 30 years. And, uh, you know, I feel so blessed. You know, I've been able to build company. I've had 13 companies. I crashed the first couple, you know, right. And I lost everything again. I was a burger to bankruptcy, all these sorts of things have the dirty t-shirt to prove it. Uh, the last handful of years have been such a joy. I've been able to sell a big giant uh, business that we grew to 175 employees. We were, you know, we were making such an impact in the market. I also had a media and I sold that business in exile. I had a media business. We grew to 10,000 leads a day, over 1,500 new clients every single week for our education programs. I was able to exit and sell that business. And now I get to help other companies. Basically, why do I do what I do? Is I see my dad. I see a lot of people like my dad who are good people, good products, good hardworking people want to make a difference and they struggle to get clients every single day. And for me, it's a mission. It's a passion to be able to go help others, you know, solve that riddle. Love it. Wow. That's an interesting story. There, there, you, you have definitely been through a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a lot we can't talk about publicly. Yeah. Like speaking <laughs> of understanding people and what they could go through or what they are going through, like you, you've been there, you've done that, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what do you do these days and who do you serve? Uh, what do we do? And who do we serve? So short version is we help 
founders and CEOs, Mustafa, get free from the day-to-day. We help them get a system, a marketing and selling system in place to bring a steady flow of leads and sales every single day so they can get out of the day-to-day that they're not the only one responsible to bring business to their, to their company, right? They have a system and then, you know, gives them freedom. Uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So you talked about direct response marketing and how you got started in it uh, late eighties or early nineties, and you got really good at it. But then you also talked about direct response branding, Give us a definition of like what direct direct response marketing, direct response response branding, and what like is the difference? Yes. So let's start with direct response marketing. Okay. So d- direct response marketing, you know, is basically putting out a message, and it elicits a direct response. That's the simple version. And either you get a response or you don't get a response, right? Here's the beauty of putting out a message and getting a response. You can track it. You can measure it. You can then calculate an ROI more easily, right? So that's direct response marketing. You know, simple, put out a message. And there's all kinds of ways you can do this with TV, radio, you know, uh, Facebook, YouTube. I mean, there's all kinds of the, the, you know, literally I was uh, doing something for another client earlier this morning and we identified 19 different ways that we can help this client actually generate revenue. Nice. Because the kiss of death for most companies is they rely on one method, like they one channel, like, oh, I'm going to rely on uh, JV partners, for example, or referrals only. And, you know, when you're, when you're a, a hammer, everything's a nail. So if that's all you know, that, but the kit curse of death in business is relying on one, which is really kind of a mindset thing, Right you know, getting out of that comfort zone. And so, so we identified 19 different ways we could help them um, generate more revenue without it being re- predicated on themselves. For sure. Right? So direct response is put out a message, get a response that can be measured. Branding, on the other hand, is put out a message. It's not measured. That's the simple version. And usually it's, you know, to put out good, you know, it can be goodwill. It can be to just pop out a message. You know, it's a generic message, no measurement. So that those are the two distinctions. Today, what's amazing, technology allows us to bring the two together because I believe direct response marketing is outdated and it's dead. I believe branding for a company doing over under $20 million in business by itself is dead. And so what do you do instead? So let me give an example. When I got started at all this Mustafa back in, like I said, the late 1980s and started learning it. Then in 1992, when I started my first company, here's how it worked back then. We had radio, TV, and uh, you know, you had magazines um, that we worked with, direct mail. And we'd put out the message in those me- me- uh, means, and we'd have an 800 phone number. Mm-hmm. And the 800 number was specific to what we were running and where we were running to. So everything was tracked. We could tell you down to the number. And here's a lesson for you as you're watching right now, right away. Do you have a phone number on your website that allows you to track where people are coming from on like your homepage? And then you might like, if you have some kind of a lead mechanism where you're generating leads on the lead page, it's different than the homepage. Now you have a way to track where's the traffic coming from. You'd be amazed at how many people don't have something as simple as that set up, which is, which is mind boggling. 
so much wasted money, so much money falling off the table, et cetera. Anyway, so back when we got started, you know, what would you do, right? It was kind of like this. We'd run the ads, TV, direct mail, radio. We'd light this match called the ad and we'd throw it over there in the fireplace. And what would happen? Well, we'd either get a fire or we wouldn't, but it was kind of new compared to now. People weren't as sophisticated, right? And what would happen is we could take a match and throw it at the fireplace and every now and then we'd catch fire, right? And you could still make a profit doing it that way. You know, it was kind of, you know, if, if you compare it today compared to then, it was, Mustafa, it was very promiscuous, you know, it was, it, to a degree, very wasteful. Like TV ads, you know, 99% of the audience watching a traditional TV ad are not a potential client for anybody's business, mm -hmm. right? But you only need small numbers, right? Whereas today you can really laser down and, and basically focus to your perfect client characteristics, demographics, psychographics, interests, behavior, so many fascinating things that we can do today with the technology that's available, right? Absolutely. So today, here's how it works. It's different, right? And a lot of people are still running ads the way I'm describing. They're throwing matches at logs one way and they go, oh, this doesn't work or it does work. Or they ride that one vehicle instead of leveraging, the tide will lift all the boats. So today, here's a better way that it works. You like this match, and I take this piece of paper right here, and I get a fire going, Shh, get a little flame, fire's going, it's burning, it's burning. Now I get some kindling. I put some kindling on top, right? Again, this is the tide lifting all the boats. So this could be your, this could be your, uh, uh, a video you put on Facebook. And then on top of that, you put a direct lead campaign in Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you put some branches. And this might be a remarketing ad through Google. And then on top of that, you put a log. And what would happen is because you built a fire from underneath, what ends up happening is the log will burn sustainably for hours and hours and hours, if not days and days, depending, right? So today's model combines direct response branding to number one, be able to measure it. So there's an ROI. Everything should have an ROI. You might want to write this acronym down. This is a great acronym to keep in mind because so many people sure. play the game on the surface. They only measure it one way. And there's three, at least three measurements of ROI. Number one, the traditional way, return on investment. Mm -hmm. okay? But if you're not applying the other two, you're also missing out because there's something con to consider in an ROI and the return on interaction. Like if you do business with Mustafa, you're going to have a wow experience. You're going to get results. He guarantees that if he decides to move forward with you in his process, he's going to help you double your revenue. Like that interaction is priceless, mm -hmm. right? So there's the return on investment. There's the return on interaction. And then there's the return on implementation. You know, my good friend, Joe Paz, who's also been a client over the years, Joe says you can have a half business, hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating, or you can have an elf business, easy, lucrative, and fun. If the return on implementation of something doesn't fit your values, is not in alignment with you, you know, like it's super hypey, whatever, the return on an implementation of that tool, that thing, you know, it, it burns you out. It doesn't charge you up. Anything you should you do should give you an ROI. Exactly. Return on investment return on interaction, return on implementation, right? So today's model brings direct response branding together to give you the ultimate ROI, builds trust, it builds respect. It can also build authority, can build credibility, if not super authority, super credibility. It shortens the sales cycle 
so that you can get a steady flow of leads and clients every single day. Anyway, I could go on, but I'm going to stop there. So I'll, I'll, so t- tell me more about what, like, what you mean by return on, on interaction and what's the difference between that and implementation? Yeah, so the interaction is the exchange with you know, the people that are a part of that business, right? Okay, so you, how, you how would it a- apply to this? Um, well, for years, I've, I've helped people create a simple marketing plan and create their strategy. Would that be the interaction part? Like uh, just, it, just creating the plan. So the interaction can be in the before part of your experience. So it might be how they found you. It might be they got a lead tool from you. It's also okay. in the during kind of what you're describing now. And it's also in the after, right? It's the overall body of the journey, the client journey interaction. The interaction. Before, during, after, right? So have you ever, like as you're watching or listening right now, as it relates to what Mustafa asked, have you ever like bought something from somebody that, it was like a super high friction. Like it wasn't fun. It wasn't enjoyable. It was arduous. The customer service was terrible. Like, you know, sometimes people think of certain cellular companies and they're lots of friction. Very, you're way on hold for hours and hours and hours. You do business with them, but it's like, it sucks to put it bluntly. The return on interaction with them is terrible, right? That's no way to win in business today. If you Create that wow experience. The interaction is enjoyable at all stages of your three main stages before we're working with you, during with you, and after with you ongoing. You have a higher probability of winning. And by the way, don't you want to be charged up as well? Like, so Mustafa, coming back to you, wouldn't you want to do business with as many people who make it fun to do business, make it enjoyable? Their process is fun. You know, it's elegant, it's enjoyable, all those things, right? So that's 100%. where the interaction. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And then the implementation, what's the difference between implementation? So now it's applying what they do. So like, for example, let's say, you know, I've got this, uh, this microphone here, right? And let's say I get it, but it's super hard to use. Right. Like the implementation factor of it's like, holy smokes, this is like a pain in the butt. I'm not a tech expert, which I'm not. Like, this is why I'm bringing up something techie. Like, techie sucks. Like, I don't want to be the techie. I'm not a techie. I don't want to have to learn to be a techie. I just want to plug the dang thing in and it works. So this is pretty simple. Like, I plug it into this little thing here, push the button, push the button on that, and it works. Simple as pie. So that implementation factor is super easy to use, right? So anyway, that's that, that would be the difference. Got it. Got it. So you want uh, so you want the implementation to be easy and uh, and and usable. And so usable. going back to return on implement. So what I had in mind, like when he said return on implementation, and what popped in my mind is people would you would create a plan or set a set a goal, but they would not implement the plan. And the return there would be a return on implementation of the plan. And if you don't do it, there won't be any return. I guess. Correct. Or. What will happen is it'll create a strain on the relationship. It can lead to cancellations, refunds, you know, these sorts of things. hundred percent. Right. Yep. So let's go back to that direct response branding piece. Can you give us an example of something you've done um, that, that the way you would do it, like an example of a, of a maybe campaign or a direct, direct response branding campaign that you've done and how you measured it? Yeah, pretty simple. In fact, you know, I'll kind of tie it in. You know, we have, there's five critical steps that we found, Mustafa, in every business that we've reviewed 
and which has been in the thousands. And this includes reviewing companies like Apple, Starbucks, Nike, and, and some of the biggest brands in the world. They have all of these five steps in place. And to the okay. degree you have them gives you the ability to have a stronger system that works and is ongoing and free from call it the founders, right? To the degree you're missing a piece or two, you know, it runs less efficient. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, you know, the difference between a round wheel on your car and it runs smooth or the like, you know, I'm of the age of Fred Flintstone and the Flintstone cartoon. So that kind of not so round wheel and it's kind of a bumpy ride. Right. So for sure. And, you know, it's just working to optimize it. So the first thing is it's amazing. One of the big mistakes we see again, coming to mindset is being stuck a certain way. Right. So number one is to have your vision and growth plan of what you want and get clear on that for your marketing and selling system. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and it's amazing because literally in the last decade after selling a few of those businesses I mentioned early on, you know, we have worked with some of the highest profile experts in the world. And inevitably we find that they don't either have a current growth plan and or marketing plan blueprint. Yep. Or they don't have one that's current. It hasn't been for a long time. Most of it is stuck in their head or in their heart or both. Right. And their their team doesn't have it. They don't, they don't have their team on the same page. They're not in alignment. It's not in alignment with their values. So when you, the first step is, is to really, you know, it's that old adage, you know, I think it was the Allstate commercial Mustafa, which was most people don't uh, plan to fail. They just fail to plan. So you want to have your vision and growth plan and it, you know, it doesn't take like multi-day seminars to do this. You can do this in a you know, couple hours. And, you know, we actually have some tools to help facilitate this experience. So the first step is there, right? Getting clarity on the vision and growth plan. Second step, every company has, that's successful has what we refer to our version of it is called connection campaigns. So connection campaigns are working in the before, the during, and the after of working with you as a potential business. So for example, you know, and there's dozens and dozens of ways to run connection campaigns, right? But one example, you know, there's this uh, false, these false experts that are running around out there today going, the way to success is to go out there and post on social media 50 to 60 times a day. And if you're not posting 50 to 60 times a day, you're not relevant. It's utter crap. And I see so many small businesses, $20 million and under, that are following the advice of some of these, you know, theoretical experts that are put on pedestals and they're sending good hard work, like my dad, the wrong message, the wrong way, the wrong offer, the wrong model, right? Now, if you're at 20 million or higher, you know, that can be some things you can do. That's more of a branding strategy, but you can literally record a single video. And you probably know this, Mustafa, this is just one example of a connection campaign in the before unit to shorten the sales cycle, right? Immediately can create a short video. And here's a key to anything you put out in your, in your businesses as you're watching or, or listening right now. What is the problem that you solve for your clients? Get in their shoes. Stop coming at it from your own perspective, get in their shoes. Always start with a question. What is the problem I solve for my client? Then record a video that's related to solving a problem or a couple in a couple minute video. You can record that pretty easily. You can do it like this. You can take a segment out of this and make it available. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to do it. And then what do you do? 
is you can run that in platforms like, I mean, there's so many today, you know, you could run it in Facebook, you can run it in YouTube, you could run it in TikTok, you can run it and run it. And literally you can also run it to your perfect clients. hundred percent. The interest group, the behavior group, the psychographics, the demographics, you know, male, female, all these sorts of things that you want to get to. Like, that's why I get so geeked out about it. Cause I was spending, I spent millions of dollars on TV advertising over the years. And we knew 99% of the people were never a right fit. This model, you can target, narrow it down, right? To such degree that it's highly efficient and effective. And literally you can do that for as little as like two cents to five cents per view in all these different platforms. So sometimes, by the way, as you're watching or listening, if you've ever seen videos that have a million views on it, don't be shocked if really what happened is they might've put a little bit of paid media behind it at two cents to five cents a view. Maybe not all the views, but a lot of the views, they might've leveraged that way to boost it up. Absolutely. Now, why would you do that? Like, and you could do that. You, you know, if you're a small business owner, maybe you're running a local, uh, I don't know, a hair salon, or maybe you're running a local, you know, uh, fitness training business in, you know, uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Guess what you could do to become a trusted authority, trust, respect with these connection campaign, you get one video, couple dollars a day, literally $2, $3 a day. At the end of 30 days, you'd probably have tens of thousands of you, if not tens and tens of thousands of views. Oh yeah. And what do you do? You multiply it. You go to the next step and you add another video and you kind of rinse and repeat. You could do one a week. So you have a choice. Follow the experts who say, go post 60 posts a day and wear yourself thin and rabid and be tired. And then you're burnt out after three months of doing that. And you go, oh, this doesn't work. Or record a single video, run $2 a day type of traffic to any number of platforms with the right guidance. And now you've got the ability to shorten assist. So that's connection campaign. You're building up an audience, affinity, people who trust you, people who respect you. That leads to the third part of the model. Third part is building your own lead machine. You move them from out there. Here's the simple way to think about it. Non-techie. Move them from out there, all these platforms to yours. That's it. Lead machine. Why? Control the controllables. If you get them into your world, for example, on your list, in your CRM, in your database, now you have an ability to start a dialogue with them, get into conversation, right? Don't we want to do business with people that we're actually having real conversations with, right? So you build your list machine. Step four is use education-based events. If you really want to accelerate the the, uh, cycle of selling and enrollments, and what ends up happening with education based about, give a quick example. One of the clients we're working with right now, um, we've got a whole case study on this. Uh, we started working with this client in the health space. And, you know, they're a prolific expert. They wanted to get free from the day-to-day selling. Long and the short, we started running video view campaigns, hundreds of thousands of views per month, right? And we did these not just in one area, before unit, during unit, after unit of the experience to keep it consistent all the way through, including after becoming a client. So there's consistency there too. Why? Because your best clients will buy more stuff from you, won't they? Don't you want to continue to create that goodwill, right? So you don't just stop in one campaign to fill the top of the bucket. You do this throughout the process. Third, lead machine. You know, he has some amazing resources like a book he's created, but you don't need a book. We have a new client we work with. Literally our copy team helped write their entire process for them wrote the lead magnet, created the lead, launched the lead magnet, and they're generating leads for a couple dollars each, right? And now they're into the relationship. 
education-based events. So the same client we're talking about in the health space, we did connect, we have a vision and growth plan. We built connection campaigns. We built a lead machine producing thousands of new leads every month, education-based events. He offers a premium program and service. You know, in the first few months of working together, it generated about a million and a half dollars. He got pretty excited and was like, now let's put this on autopilot. And so evergreen, leveraging it. And that's where the fifth step comes in, which is maximize and opt. In fact, he's got so many leads. It outgrew him, his internal team and his wife. They brought in, on our recommendation, they brought an outsourced sales team. Kind of like, you know, if you're in Mustafa's world, it's the greatest thing in the world when you have a company that can generate too many leads and then you bring a firm like Mustafa's in who guarantees that you can get double, if you're chosen to work with them, double your revenue, right? Yeah. And now you have someone who can handle all the influx of those thousands of new leads and build relationships, deepen relationships, help shorten the cycle and more. Anyway, that's the quick snapshot, Mustafa, uh, broken so, out. So what I got so far is I have your visionary growth plan, which yes. in my experience, 98 or 99% of business owners don't even have a goal, not even a simple goal. And I always say, like, if you don't know what you want, how are you going to get it? That's right. Right. If you don't like, how are you going to get something if you don't know what it is? So have your vision and your growth plan, like know what you want and a plan to get there, basically. Right. Yep. Uh, the connection campaigns that shows before, during and after what happens with you and the interaction, talking about their challenges, problems, fears, frustrations and what they're going through. So you're connecting with them with stories. And like, I understand yeah. what it is that you're going through. Establishing you, you as the go-to expert and uh, uh, as the professional who knows what he or she is doing. And then building a lead machine to bring in all the leads and to your CRM and have a dialogue with them. And I really loved what you said, control the controllables. Yes. Because I think a lot of business owners like focusing and worrying about things that they cannot even control, Right. That, that's probably a good two-hour conversation there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then education-based events, which helps you help you, again, establish you as the go-to expert. Like, this guy really knows what he's doing, doing, providing value compared to a person that just shows up and says, I have some good stuff. Do you want to buy my stuff? Do you want to buy it? Do right. you buy it? It's like, let me educate you first. Let me go in first, provide some value. And then if we're a good fit for each other, We'll get to do a business. If not, you at least walk away with some value and some good information that you could use with or without me. And then um, maximizing, what was the last one? Maximizing the value of, I don't have complete notes on that. Yeah. So it's optimize and maximize. Optimize and maximize. Yeah. The previous oh. four. So now it's basically okay, leverage, like, like eliminate what isn't working, Right maximize and optimize what is working and then ultimately turn that into a you know an evergreen kind of and if you're not you know if you're watching and you're not familiar with the term evergreen it just means now it's on on autopilot right? and not predicated on like live stuff every day that needs to be done it's just a system that's bringing in leads right uh, or for clients sure. or both yeah love it so there's like there's a formula five step formula for success Gang, if you did, if you missed it, just go back in the recording or the video, write it down the five-step process. Step one to four is what you do. Step five is rinse and repeat, right? And improve and right. optimize. Love it. Dan, um, what are some um, mistake, mistakes or myth? Myth, myth is that people um, that you see people do with marketing and branding and the rest of it. 
Well, number one is not focusing on getting a system in place for their marketing and sales to bring in leads daily and clients daily. So that's like number one. Like, so, you know, people get focused on all the wrong stuff, right? You begin with the end in mind. I learned this from Michael Gerber, who was one of my initial mentors uh, through the book E-Myth way back in the late 80s, early 90s. And, you know, the thing I took away from the book was you've got to have systems that run your business. Most people go focus on their product. They go focus, not, not that you shouldn't do that, but you also need to focus. I, the way I took it was you've got to have a system for marketing and selling. Otherwise, you're going to be the one responsible for it always. And if that's what you want, then we'll keep doing it. But if you want to get free where literally the business can run without you, then have a marketing and selling system. So that's the first one. The second one, I would say, and there's probably uh, four or five big mistakes. So the second one, I think, is being stuck. I'll call it stuck in one way. And one way shows up a few different ways. One way means like one way of doing things relying on one vehicle. Like for example, some people, uh, you know, go, Oh, Facebook is the way to you know, advertise. And they, they'll, they'll grind that thing. to their you know, like their fingernails are gone, you know, trying to prove that they can get that to work when no, it's not one way. It's a bunch of ways. Like you yeah. can leverage Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube and referrals and joint ventures and, and, and it's not an either, or it's an, and so the, and, and the more attached someone is to one way, like we see this a lot with a lot of clients who are you know, also stuck with relying, oh, I've tried other stuff and I'm relying on referrals. Uh, I tried other stuff, it didn't work. I'm re- relying on just joint ventures. One way is the curse because when that hits a dry spell, we all hit dry. Everything, everything has a shelf life, a window of opportunity. Yeah, yeah where it peaks, where it valleys, and a lot in between. So if you want to control the controllables, you want to set up basically buckets so you're not relying on one. That, that would be the big big way to say it. Next next problem uh, we see or myth or mistake is ah, the message. Message. People don't put mean? a lot of, or enough focus into their message. Like something as simple, like when we go to a networking event, we go to a mastermind, we go to you know, Toastmasters, we go somewhere. We're in an elevator with somebody, somebody saying, well, hey, Mustafa, what do you do? What a lot of people do is they don't have a way to communicate their message simply. So A, it's impossible to misunderstand it. And B, that makes it compelling, right? There's a tendency, like in my earlier, this was one of my big problems. You know, people would say, Dan, what do you do? And I'd go, oh, I help people reach their fullest potential, which is true, but it's not compelling. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What does that mean? Like, and, and usually, right, most people don't even care. They're asking it out of being polite. So there's also a way to move people to be attractive. For example, the next time as you're listening or watching right now, the next time you're at an event or mastermind or anybody asks you, what do you do? Instead of launching into what you do, and maybe your message is amazing already, and that's great. 99 out of 100 clients we work with, even the biggest names in the world, their message needs improvement, can be even 100%. better. Right. So, but let's go to a step before the step. This is another thing to think about. This also ties with mindset. What is the step before the step? How do we compel? How do you compel somebody to lean into what you do and not be glazed over like everyone else, be commoditized? Like in a conversation, it's this way. Next time someone asks you what you do, instead of launching into it, go, 
Well, do you know how a lot of people struggle with, and now talk about the problem that you solve as it relates to your clients? What we do is, and now launch into what you do. So for example, a way we would do that is we would go, you know how a lot of people struggle to get clients every day? What we do is we help founders and CEOs get a system for marketing and selling in place so they can get free from the day-to-day. -day. And it brings them clients every day, as well as gives them freedom to work on the things they love. For sure. Right? So Can ask the question back. I mean, even when I think, uh, hopefully I, I, I have to go back and watch, but I think Mustafa asked a question, why did I get started? I probably asked a question like, well, have you ever lost everything? You did. You did ask that question. Right. So, so test that out. As you're out there working with people and someone asks you next time, ask them a question first related to the problem you solve and see if it doesn't move someone closer. And likely you'll even see them nod their head. And now guess what you have? Go back to the ROI cube, return on investment. Yeah, still a lot to be determined before that happens. But the first thing we do is we create a real interaction. Instead of people trying to escape a conversation, as one more thing that they're scratching off their to-do list, you can actually on purpose strategically get someone to engage in an interaction with you. So, so, so the message, so getting clear on the message and then the step before the step. The other uh, thing I would say is offers, big mistake. People don't put enough time into really breaking down their offer. Can't just have an offer. It's got to be an irresistible offer. How do you sell money at a discount? How do you make it so good that it's impossible for them if they're a right fit and the timing is right. Not that it needs to be hypey, not that it needs a bunch of hype surrounding it, but if they're a right fit, you make it impossible for them to say no as best as you can. Love right? it. Fric Friction-free. So the offer focus, and then last but not least is the model. So many broken models, another big mistake. Not putting the time and energy into the model, and then also knowing that every model, like one of my biggest, I'll give you give an example. We had this machine running. We were producing, you know, a hundred coaching applicants a day at one point. Nice. And I thought this thing would last forever. And it lasted about 18 months, but it didn't last forever. Right. And so the key is once you get a model that's proven and working and sustainable, the key is, is to continue. Like what does Apple do? What does Starbucks do? They're constantly adding R&D. They're constantly doing a new test. They're constantly adding a new option for us to try, right? And or they just decide that, okay, we're going to do upgrade 2.0. They're going to do upgrade 3.0. Oh, we're on version 13 or whatever we are on right now at the time of this, as you're watching this. So the model. So again, I, I would label these in a few buckets. Number one, the big mistake is not having a, a system. Yeah. Number two, stuck with one way. Number three, the message. Mm -hmm. Number four is the offer and the difference between an offer and irresistible offer. And then number five is, is the model. Yeah. Love it. So um, uh, let's, let's, let's do Mustafa exposed and coached. And I, I'd All love right, you to got get it. some feedback on my message. And what would be my version of that question that you said I should ask in the beginning, I guess, to intrigue people and to be like, uh, you're with your version of have you ever lost everything? So with a little context, like I guess what we do is we uh, we I, I run a, 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 a call center. 
specializing in follow-ups and retention and uh, referrals. And we do the backend uh, uh, follow-up. Like we, we, the only thing we do is follow-ups with an existing list. So what would be that, the version of that question for me to say, um, um, to intrigue? Yeah, I got an easy one. And then there's all kinds that we could create. Myself, okay. So right, right off the bat, off the cuff, it would be, well, do you know how a lot of founders and CEOs feel like they're leaving money on the table because they have poor follow-up? Yes. Like almost everybody's going to say yes to some degree at that. It's just different levels of intensity, I think. <laughs> right? Well, what we do is we have a system to follow up daily with clients to generate more referrals, more new business, and more follow-ups. And what that means is you're not leaving so much money on the table and it gives you freedom because you know you have a proven machine working for you. Love it. Right. Love it. I'm going to have to go back and like transcribe this section of the <laughs> show. So do you know how a lot of founders and CEOs feel like they're leaving on the leaving money on the table by a lack of follow-up? I'm like, yeah, well, what we do is we have a system and a process in place to take care of the follow-ups for them so that they're not leaving six or seven or eight figures on the table anymore. That's perfect. Love that, that. Was, that was quick and dirty. That was. That's <laughs> I love it. Simple, right? I love that formula. That's, I, I like how, how you have that, that, the question in the beginning, right? And it's like, do you know how people, and I would say that with that hesitation, like, do you know how people are like dealing with this kind of problem all the time? Like, yeah. hell yeah, I do. But what we yeah. do is we fix that problem. And I love how you were use the word system. We have a system and a process in place to deal with that. Well, and I'm a system guy and I'm a process guy. So, so it's like we're speaking the same language here. Yes, sir. Love it. That was quick and dirty and uh, to the point. That was like a, what, a 60 second coaching session that was like done, beautifully done. And now, and now like here's, here's the other disconnect. So here's the problem now with the message. When someone gets their message, what do they not do sometimes? They don't go put it everywhere. They don't go put it in their email signature. They don't go put it on their website. They don't go put it in their Facebook page. They don't put it on their LinkedIn pay header. They don't, they don't, don't, don't. So the key is, is again, coming back to the vision and growth plan, we talked about alignment, that word you control the controllables. So you could literally have that message everywhere. 100%. Today, literally everywhere on your site. I will do that. In the header, LinkedIn, Facebook. YouTube, all these places. And again, looking to elicit, wow, yeah, maybe. Let me learn more. Yeah. Now, like this could be a 30-second video on your homepage or on a landing page. That could be like, I, I was just thinking about that. I was like, do you know how a lot of people are dealing with this problem that is causing this other problem? And That's they're right. like, yeah. But well, watch the video below or book a call and I'll show you how to fix that problem and, or be like, go through your process. Yep. And that could be on LinkedIn, on Facebook and on everywhere. Like you said, everywhere. Yep. you could even embed a video on your email signature. Yeah. Talking yeah. about that. Right. Hmm. Yeah. You could even put a PS in, in uh, automatic signature 
you know, after you sign off, P.S. Do you know how a lot of founder CEOs struggle with problem leading to the problem? Yes. Click here to learn more. And now it takes to a lead option. Yeah. I could be like, click here to watch this yeah. five minute training on how to tackle this problem, which would be like, you know, take it from there. Now my marketing brain is <laughs> working real fast. We, we, we lit it for you. Hold on. Let me find that match again. Here. We just lit it. We just lit it for you. Nice. 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 Um, Dan, tell us about a um, couple of stories of clients that you worked with and they grew exponentially. Uh, and I think you, you shared a couple already, but is there any specific clients that are like favorite stories that are like, they were, well, I, yeah, I could give you a, a, a bunch. I'll, I'll stick to keeping it as short as I can. So we're sure. working with a new client the last, you know, we just started about, I don't know, less than 60 days ago. They're in a, the real estate niche. They work with tiny homes, right? So, and they build tiny homes and, you know, they help people get tiny homes. They're amazing. Um, and I was like, wow, this would be great. So, you know, we have a performance-based model when we go in, but we're, you know, again, we go back to these five steps. We got clear on their vision and growth plan start building connection campaigns, right? Build the lead machine, you know, education-based event, and then you optimize. So one of the things that we do on top of, you know, creating assets, which is what we do, we can write a bunch of stuff. One side of our company for the right client, uh, Mustafa, we do SEO, right? And our team of experts in SEO has been at it for 20 some years. They're some of the best in the world at it. Uh, and there's certain niches where we can really really enhance things quite a bit in a fun, nice. fun, fun way. So long in the short, we put tracking on, like we told one of the first things we did is we redesigned their site to be more in alignment with their, their messaging. That was the first thing all the way across on all the pages, right? Get in alignment. We did a makeover of the site. We got tracking numbers on their site because they were leaving a lot of money on. They didn't, had no idea really how many calls were coming in and that sort of thing. It wasn't easily trackable. It was based on someone going, yeah, we had 12 calls today. Really, you're going to rely on a person to tell you? Like, come on. Technology allows you to just track it. And then we put the SEO in place. So long in the short, in less than 60 days, we put all these factors together. We've helped this client. Now, their average sale, Mustafa, is 150000 and higher. Okay, so 150 is actually the low end, 150,000. So we've generated them over 50 leads and we're like really not even scratching the surface yet with what we're doing. Like we're just small testing, right? 50 leads, that's a combination of phone calls, trackable to what we did, our actions, our behavior, what we applied and did, as well as opt-ins for their model, right? 50 leads led to five deposits. Now there's a lot that can happen. So I don't want to overhype this up right? Because, you know, it's almost like a mortgage, it can fall out, right? And there's probably a percentage, like one of the five is bound to probably fall out. But we've already in like 60 days generated five new uh, sales deposits for this client. And one of the five put down deposits for 20. So that one's probably locked in. So that's a $3 million enhancement for this, this client. Like it's, you know, talk about performance enhancement, right? Mm -hmm. It's not one way, like we're not a one size fits all. We customize it to each of our clients, right? And so we put the pieces in place that that client needs, right? To have a performance enhancement. You know, we use the five steps that we talked about earlier. So that's a, a fun example. And 
you know, the sky's the limit that this company has a vision to, you know, help hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people uh, a year, uh, you know, starve off from homelessness, which is a huge cause. And there's just not a lot of affordable housing left anymore. Cause think about it. Like the, you know, average mortgage for a 2,500 square foot house, in, depending on the market you're in here in Arizona, it's like $550,000. Yeah. Right. For an average size house. Like how does an average person afford that? So you can get into like one of these tiny homes that are luxury, affordable, and you can get a 30 year mortgage. They're one of the few companies in the world that can provide a, up to a 30 year mortgage. And instead of waiting lists, which most companies right now are at least a year for a waiting list to have the house actually delivered, our client can deliver a home in 90 days or less, which is kind of cool, right? And do a 30-year so, mortgage? Yes. Yep. Nice. Makes that's it a good offer. Speaking of, going back to the offers, that's a hell of an offer. Gang, if you're watching or listening, um, like, like Dan was saying, most companies don't spend enough time, if any time at all, on their offer. Like when you ask them or they can, first of all, they probably cannot articulate their offer very well. And then when you ask them their offer, they're just like, you know, we serve everybody and anybody, whoever has a pulse, we serve. And so that sound that that is like a killer, irresistible offer in a market where it's really hard to get a house and it's hard to get like a long term mortgage with lower payments and, and the rest of it. That's a beautiful example there. Yeah. And it's a you know super high growth industry. So like this, this guy's so it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds over the next few months and years. In our work together with with them, so uh, you know it's very exciting. Another another example, uh, you know, is you know one of my favorite stores, a guy named Bruce, and Bruce is an artist. And you know when I got introduced to Bruce, uh, we were talking about his vision. He wanted to build a coaching program, and use his art as a vehicle for his coaching program. And uh, I ask, you know, what's going on, Bruce? And he's like, oh my God, I've been studying this expert, that expert, this expert, that expert, this, and I'm so confused. Plus I'm trying to learn marketing. And I'm going to encourage you as you're watching right now, write this down. Learning marketing is hard. What's harder is not implementing it in today's business world. Really tune into that. Now, whether you work with us or you find someone to work with, I really encourage you to look at how do you get yourself a system in place for your marketing, not just marketing tactics, not just campaigns, but a system. Anyway, Bruce was like, I'm so confused. I'm overwhelmed. I'm an artist. I'm like, well, yeah, well, how would you like not to have to like be the marketing expert? We'll help you. So long and the short, what do you like to do, Bruce? And he's like, I like, I like teaching. I love to teach, right? Which is where our step four in our process, education-based events. I said, what do you not like? He goes, oh my God, I'm a train wreck when it comes to tech stuff. Like a lot of people, like I'm a train wreck with, thank God I have a team that does all our tech stuff. I am clueless. Thank God we have smart people. So long and the short, I said, well, Bruce, what if we could completely take all of that stuff off your plate and you could just do what you love? And he said, well, mm -hmm. that'd be great. And I said, well, how about this? No fancy pants tech at all. No funnels, no integrations, no autoresponders, none of it. I said, you love to teach. I said, do you feel comfortable enough to set up a meeting in like a Zoom or a go-to meeting? He's like, yes. I go, let's just run it there. No, no fancy pants tech to get started. Yeah. We helped him lay it out, script it out. Anyway, long and the short of it, he did his very first one. You know, and oh, another thing he had going. He said, well, Dan, I'm concerned. I have a small list. I go, well, tell me about your list. He goes, maybe a hundred. 
And then if I add all my social media, I might have access to 400. I said, well, hey, we'll draft up our copy team. We'll give you some stuff that you can send out in these different places in a cool way. You can, of course, edit it to fit you. And he's like, okay, well, that sounds good. So he gave him the tools. He went out. He invited people. He had 126. Who knew this was like a starving market, like people wanting to use art, like learn art and stuff. Long and the short, he, he had 126 people, Mustafa, register for his very first training, his huh. first class. Right? That's a guy with only two or 300 people on his list. That's combined. right. That's right. Yeah, because sometimes people ask, well, Dan, I appreciate you did that with tiny homes, but what about like someone kind of new? Like, how, do, how does that all work? So long and the short, he did that first presentation and he did a lot of stuff off, off what we showed him, which was fine, but he still got five new coaching clients. And he was so excited. He was like a kid in a candy. Oh my God, I got five new coaching guys. Amazing. And when I said, well, what'd you like most? He goes, I love to, I said, well, what would you like to do? And he goes, I'd like to do that again. Like every week I go, well, that's simple. Let's just do it every week then. So we just kept inviting the same people. And we showed them a couple of ways to run little classified ads in free pu uh, publications in the news in his local area that he could invite to. Right. Yeah. So long story really condensed. After four weeks, Mustafa, he ended up enrolling 39 people in his coaching program. Wow. In four weeks. And in 90 days, he had 117 new coaching clients. And he also had built a recurring revenue of about 4,500, give or take. Wow. Right. And, yeah, then, and then we started putting all of the other stuff in place. Now we had a base to build from. He also had an offer that he knew was sellable. He you know, was basically a tested thing to then go to the next level to bring into that, that other stuff. Here's, here's something that, here's another mistake I didn't bring up earlier, but it drives me nuts. Most people are, you know, there's this fascination with automation, fascination with automation. I want to automate my business. I want to automate my business. I want to automate my business. And all these experts are like theoretically, you know, showing people how to automate them, their business. And what we find is most people are automating themselves right out of business. Right. What, what is the business we're all in, Mustafa? You know this because you're one of the best at it in the world. We're in the people to people business. 100%. Right. So, yes, you can automate all kinds. You can evergreen lots. So you can create systems and all these things. Just don't lose sight that you're in a people to people business with real problems, real issues, real insecurities, real fears, real stuff going on in their home life and their business life and more. You have a responsibility. And if you will be, and show up as a leader for them, uniquely and different as a human being. We call this HOP, H-O-P. Humanize it, optimize it, personalize it. If humanize you will take the time to build your system around this idea of HOP, not so much that it has to be fully and everything is automated 100%, you can get there, but think of how do I humanize it? How do I optimize it? How do I personalize it step-by-step? Step? You will win more business, have more referrals. Like something is... Simple as sending thank you cards to people you talk to, Huge. have discussions with. Thank Huge. you cards for clients who actually buy from you. Birthday cards when it's their birthday. Holiday cards out of the blue randomly. They don't get those things from their family. And if you show up in a way that's uniquely different, humanized, optimized, personalized with some of the simplest basic stuff. Steve Sims, who I think we both know, Mustafa, has a great quote. He says, uh, thoughtful beats expensive. Thoughtful, thoughtful beats, beats expensive. expensive. So as you look at connecting with your potential clients as you're watching, 
humanize it, optimize the ROI, interaction, implementation with you versus any of your competitors and simple things like even just a simple thank you card and then cards every you know, holiday or birthday or whatever combination of those things will set you so far ahead of your competition, you'll win and you'll win more referrals, you'll win more business and you can build a steady flow every day. I love that. The thoughtful beats expensive coat. It's like you could send a personal thank you card that will cost you a couple of dollars and that could mean a million bucks for you in business. Not yeah. th That's not the intention to send it with, but you, I love that. I'm a huge fan of physical stuff too. It's like too. send Me a too. gift, send a card. And like they say, could open it up. They see a box on their porch and they're like, wow, what is this? Open it up. And there's an experience there. That's love right. It. Love it. So Dan, tell us about your gift, a small business toolkit. Yeah, real simple. Uh, you know, if you're a founder, CEO, looking for some ways to simplify, you know, we've got four main areas that we want to help you simplify today. Number one is being a better CEO. Right? Most of us haven't been trained to be a traditional and official like CEO uh, entrepreneur. So we have a CEO's checklist. I built it for me like 20 some years ago. It's been iterated over time. I still have it up here on my wall. Why? To keep me on track. So it's going to help keep you on track yearly, three years away, one year away, quarterly, daily, weekly, et cetera, for you and your team uh, and the key factors of running your business successfully. Uh, number two is hiring. You know, We hear a lot of people struggling with, you know, man, my hiring isn't going so good. I need this person. I need that person talent. You know, so we have an eight step checklist, Mustafa, that we put together for the small business toolkit. It's our eight step checklist to go through. Basically, it's a marketing system for hiring. And so we're going to give that to you as well. Uh, number three, uh, we meet a lot of people who, for whatever reason, seem to have met like fancy pants sales trainers, hypey sales trainers, and so all this sort of stuff. And they're kind of burned out going, man, it's not me. It's, I can't do that sort of selling. So we put together a checklist that actually was one of our key processes in the, one of the couple of businesses I've sold over the years, which turned customer service reps into high revenue producers. And there's a 12 step checklist. And basically it turns conversations into conversions in a cool way. You know, at the end of the day, we call it how to sell more by selling less. It's your 12 step, you know, how to turn conversations into conversions checklist. And then last but not least is uh, one of my favorite tools which is related to uh, getting clarity around what we talked about up front, your vision and growth plan for your marketing system. Over 99.9% .9 of people we work with never have a marketing or don't have a current or ever have had a marketing plan blueprint. I see people go, I tried running traffic. I tried working with this agency. I tried da, da, da. I go, well, do you have like a marketing plan blueprint of any kind or growth plan that you've show, you know, worked with with you and, your, and the answer is always no. Yeah, 99.9%. .9%. So we want to give you that so you never again are in a place. The number one reason, according to the Small Business Administration Report 2000, I believe it was 17, the number one reason that most businesses fail, it's like 40 some percent of the, reason, uh, of the businesses that fail. The reason is they don't have a current or up-to-date marketing plan blueprint. So we want to give you that. And it's 100%. a simple couple page checklist. So we're giving you all of that absolutely free, no strings attached. You can go to activate.breakthrough3x.com to get that, activate.breakthrough3x.com. Wow. Gang, if you're watching and listening, there is a lot of value and, and a, lot of, uh, uh, a lot of value in there, simply. And so there was the hiring checklist. There was the, the process to take your customer service reps to basically help, help, help them 
grow your sales and turn them into uh, uh, more productive mem- team members. And then the vision and growth plan and the marketing plan checklist. So there's a lot in there for you. So for you to get that, go to activate.breakthrough3x and it's number three, breakthrough3x.com, activate.breakthrough3x.com. Um, Dan, I know, uh, first of all, thank you for sharing that. That's a valuable gift for people that are watching here and listening. Um, do you have time for me to ask a couple of personal questions so we get to know sure. you a tad better? Yep. All right. I got, about, uh, I got about five minutes or so. All right. We don't need more than that. So okay. uh, what's something new you have tried recently? New that I didn't hear the end of it. New. What is something new that you have tried recently, big or small, as small as a new cup of coffee, as big as going to the moon? Um, so something new that we did was uh, we went to Flagstaff and we took a new path on a hike. It was one of the coolest uh, experiences. Got all kinds of cool photos. That was just a few weeks ago. And we're on our way back to another location nearby to go find another new path this weekend, actually. Love it. Are you, are you a nature guy as well? You do a lot um, of nature? My wife has helped me do more, way more of that. I wouldn't call myself that. You know, I grew up in the city. What's that saying? You know, you can take the kid out of the city. You can't take the city out of the kid. Oh, got uh, it. Perfect. Yeah. Got it. So what are your top favorite books of all time? Top oh, my God. Three. All right. Top favorite books of all time. So I'm going to go to the very first book that, uh, that I recall. My dad got me when I was 16. It was such a gift. My dad introduced me to personal development when I was 10. Mustafa, which was a gift. Uh, but the first book that I dove into besides bi- biographies, uh, you know, I was reading by the time I was 10 to 14, I was reading biographies on successful athletes, Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays, Ted Williams, and more Joe Montana, uh, because my dad just fueled my personal interest. But the book that I'll call it the personal development book that had the biggest impact was a book by Dr. James Lore called Mentally Tough. I'm going to probably screw up the subtitle a little bit. But he gave me this when I basically I turned 16. Mentally tough, how to apply sports psychology to winning in business. Wow. And that, that book had a profound impact that I didn't even know then what kind of impact it would have for the rest of my life. But that's number one. Think and Grow Rich, I would say, would be number two. Uh, I would also say the Bible, number three. Um, number four, I would say... Oh, wow. What would be number four? I'd have to say Tom Hopkins, How to Master the Art of Selling Anything. And then last but not least would be The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. Oh, and then I'm going to add a six because I can't stay in the lane, in the boundary. So the sixth book would be How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Love it. And influence people. Beautiful. Um, Dan, if you had a Facebook or a Google ad where everyone on around the globe with access to internet could see your message what would your message be for people of earth did what was the last part people on earth yeah what would your message if if there was a google or facebook ad where everyone with internet access could see what would your best message be for the people of earth for the bet for people on earth control the controllables can you give me the 30 second back ground story on that? Well, I think, uh, you know, for a lot of my life, especially in my first decade or so where I failed miserably, I was so hung up on things. I was attached to things I couldn't control. I was attached to what worked, what didn't work. I was attached to my ideas. And I feel that 
you know, now as I've gotten older, I'm in my mid fifties, I'm a dad, you know, you know, at work on being a great husband every single day is that you can only control the controllables. And most of it is out of our control. There's a handful of things that are. So for me, like, you know, building rituals, like what can you do every single day to build good, healthy rituals that make your day a success, regardless of what goes on in the middle, that's likely uncontrollable. So for example, I wake up most or most mornings, very early Mustafa, and I get up and I do a workout. And right now, based on this new fitness uh, program I'm on, I am basically walking about an hour every morning. While I listen to positive motivational type stuff or watch courses at the same. So I've got like this hybrid of things going and not always courses because I do watch some entertainment as well at the same time. Right. But I start my day with that type of thing. And then I end my day with something that I wrote about in my first book that I wrote 20 some years ago, which is, you know, these three key questions. What am I grateful for right now? What am I happy about right now? And what have I done well today? And the reason I asked those is, you know, it, there was a point in my life where I hit an all-time low. I'd lost, a bun- lost everything yet again. And it was easy to focus on what wasn't working, what I couldn't control and all those sorts of things and play the victim. And I find that these three questions set your next day up so you're operating victorious instead of as a victim. So by having a ritual on the front end of the day, having a ritual on the back end, there's a lot of stuff, of course, they're good days, bad days in the middle, but I know by having those two things that are controlled by the controllable, it's a winning day. Love it. Then thank you. Thank you very much for, for all You're the welcome. wisdom and knowledge and all the value bombs you dropped. This was really a, a great conversation, getting to know you better, getting a deep dive into what you do and who you serve and the value that you provide. Gang, if you're watching, listening, and you want to tap into Dan's wisdom and to their expertise and knowledge and professionalism, go to Breakthrough3x.com. And I'm sure that they can get a hold of you guys through there. Yep. And if you want the small business toolkit with all the amazing checklists and stuff that he mentioned earlier in the show, go to activate.breakthrough3x.com, download that. And and here's the deal. The examples that he mentioned. He is able to deliver that kind of results for his customers because he's been at it for only 30 years, right? And if you're getting started and you're an artist, you are an expert of some sort, but you're not really good at the business aspects of business and the marketing side of things, get help with there. Because here's a fact. If you don't get it, it's a lot more expensive. Oh, yeah. And it will cost you a lot more. It will take 10 times, at least 10 times more time to do it and frustration and you're probably going to lose your health which is another probably two hour conversation for another day but get access and tap into the wisdom and knowledge and they will help you get there a lot faster with less stress which is part of his promise and that will take from there dan anything else you want to mention before we wrap up i think we're good already thank you for joining us you were listening to daily conference for entrepreneurs we will see you on our next episode bye now